we focus here in the museum on on avant-garde fashion and and we have to be aware that that is not that we do not for 100% reflect what's on the street what people are wearing in the street it's it's a niche of fashion that we collect and it 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 makes our contemporary collection also very different from our historic collection I am Susie Menkes and you are listening to my podcast Creative Conversations As a journalist reporting on the global fashion industry, I want to take you backstage and give you an insight into my world. Listen to my exclusive conversations with creatives, industry leaders, and those whose voices have some of the greatest impact. I think you might find it interesting and maybe intriguing. Hope you all had a good summer, sun or showers. For this podcast, I visited Antwerp in Belgium, not for the chocolates, but for the fashion. When Kart Debo became director of Momu Fashion Museum in Antwerp in 2001, she started a series of exhibitions that cemented the power of the Belgian city. The museum houses the largest collection in the world of contemporary Belgian fashion and stands out with its immersive fashion exhibitions. Following Linda Loper, another powerful fashion figure, Cart has not only brought to the museum and college a modern attitude, but she also helps to advise on the refurbishment of the building over a three-year span. The reopening kicks off with a powerful exhibition named Emotions, Fashion in Transition, which explores fashion as an expression of emotion, fear and desire in society. Fashion brings together both emotion and in-motion, looking at themes such as the female body, 9-11, identity, anxiety and surveillance. There is also a permanent showcase pulled from the Momu collection dedicated to Belgian fashion, plus an exhibit dedicated to Antwerp lace, which is due to open on the 25th of September 2021. It extends to St. Charles's Borromeo Church, with a screening of a poetic film by digital photographer Nick Knight of Show Studio. Belgian style has changed a lot since the early 1990s days of the Antwerp Six. The curator has dared to take on difficult subjects such as drugs and sexual attitudes. They have given MoMA an international vision and a wider spin. Last week, I travelled to Antwerp to join Cart for the reopening of the MoMA Museum after three years of work. Let's hear what Kart had to say when I managed to steal her away for a moment to record this podcast interview in her new world. Hello, Kat. I'm so excited by your exhibitions. Not one single one, but three at the same time. What more could we ask for when we come to Antwerp? So I'm looking forward to seeing them all in detail. How lovely to have you in Antwerp and how what an honour to have you here uh, for the reopening of, of Momu. It's not an honour, it's a joy. 
It's an honor. <laughs> we are really, no, I'm really honored, uh, Susie, that you, that I've told you that that you take the effort to to come to Antwerp, uh, even if if traveling is such an adventure now. So what I really want to know is, how did you decide? Why did you decide to do a show which is actually several different shows together to show something about your country, about Belgium, and particularly about Antwerp? When did the idea come to you? Okay, you mean the the collection presentation. Mm. So on the ground floor, we we have a collection presentation, which has uh, indeed as its main focus um, Belgian avant-garde fashion. Uh, because of course that's in our contemporary collection that our main focus is on on Belgian fashion design. But as um, in the past three decades, um, uh, Belgian fashion design, or or the notion of Belgian fashion has changed a lot. Uh, if we look at the first um, generation of Antwerp and Belgian designers that, that became successful on an international scale, uh, the Antwerp Six, they all had uh, the Belgian identity. But because of their success, the school here, the academy, attracted a lot of um, international students. And if I look at the, the, the school now, on a total student population of about 140 students, we, we have more than 38 um, different nationalities, which is really the, the world in one in one school, uh, which also means that um, a lot of the designers graduating here and starting their own um, uh, brands are not sort of in in a literal sense Belgian anymore. So what is Belgian fashion design? Uh, we see that students um, graduating here sometimes they start their business here, but then they move to another country. The the fashion has become global since um, uh, uh, in, in the past um, um, three decades. And so you see that designers are hopping from one house to another, are uh, moving uh, between countries. I always give the example of the Navazalia. He studied in Antwerp, he's Georgian. He moved to Paris where he uh, started his label Vetements. Uh, now he is working for uh, Balenciaga, which is a house that belongs to a French uh, um, uh, conglomerate, but uh, has Spanish and Basque roots, and he lives and works in Switzerland. So, what is Demna? Is he Antwerp? Is he Georgian? Is he? And I think that identity of designers today is very much is very layered, and it, it's less relevant to me to claim them as being French, Italian, or Belgian. For me, Belgian fashion is more like a quality label. It's it's a it's a creative and artistic sensibility that pops up in the career of designers at, at certain points uh, during their career. I have to disagree with you slightly, okay. because uh -huh. what we're looking at now in this exhibition, which is very, mm -hmm. um, it has many things in it, but mm -hmm. there is a sense that Absolutely. these clothes are yeah. not as the clothes, they could not be com compared to yeah. what was being shown by, say, Chanel or Dior yeah, yeah, yeah. in the same period. They're definitely, they're more, not exactly aggressive, but they're trying to tell a story more, maybe. What Absolutely. do you think? Well, the, but that's what I mean with this, this sensibility. There's this, they, they, it's, it's conceptual fashion. It's, they, they have a, a, a way of what you call as storytelling. But you cannot compare Dries van Oudel to Walter van Berentong to Demna Vasalia to Marta Marcella. They, they have very different identities. And, and of course, it's, it's this, this, this Belgian uh, identity uh, pops up um, in, at, at, at different times uh, during their career, even if they work for a French house or an Italian house or, uh, or if they move to Asia or to the States. Um, 
Um, and I think that the, the notion of Belgian um, fashion just became much more complex. And that is what we also want to discuss with, with the exhibition and, and, and to start a dialogue about what, what, uh, how relevant is it, is it to, to claim a certain um, designer and just to, to, to show people that this, this identity is layered. And that makes it also interesting, I think, mm. as a curator. But I want to know something. What is Antwerp fashion? You know, we're speaking here about Belgian fashion. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody in the fashion world, sorry, Belgium, but really <laughs> thinks like that. And certainly yeah. there's not a Brussels fashion uh-huh. that I know of, but uh-huh. the, your area of Belgium has such a strong identity uh-huh. with fashion. How did that come about? Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a complex question because, of course, um, I think a, a lot um, 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 started here in Antwerp and I think the, the, the school, the, the, the fashion department of the, of the academy, uh, for sure uh, played and is still playing a major role in, 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 in the Antwerp fashion um, story. And I think what, what students who study here also do from a, a very early age, they start networking. And I think networking is, is a crucial thing in, in, in fashion. A designer needs other creatives to, 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 to create his, his identity, to create his, his signature style. He needs stylists, he needs makeup artists, he needs photographers, he needs artists. And I think um, um, Antwerp is a city where networking is quite easy and you see that students um, build up sort of networks around them with photographers, with stylists, uh, with musicians, artists, and, and, and that um, just comes quite naturally uh, and already the Antwerp Six did that. Eh? They all had sort of a, a, a great photographer um, uh, uh, besides them to 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 document their their collections. They worked with makeup artists like like Inge Gronjar. Um So I think that that is uh, uh, could be maybe one one of the the explanations. Would you call your um, what you're showing here quite aggressive? I mean, in fashion terms. Or this this giving the wrong impression, but certainly there are quite a lot of things that are quite strong and making strong statements. And the area when we're talking about the um, drugginess mm-hmm. of the 1990s, it's I haven't heard that spoken so openly of. Of course, everybody knew about I, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that's uh, the the one of the themes in the exhibition: emotion, fashion, fashion in transition. Um, and I think it's some of the images we show, some of the fashion we show, is quite explicit, and we deal. Uh, indeed, with one one of the themes um, uh, deals with um, uh, the heroin heroin chic look that we had in the in nineties, uh, and that was uh, with the turn of the millennium replaced again by by healthy bodies, toned bodies, uh, disciplined bodies. The think of of the Giselle Bundchen uh, uh, look, um, and and uh, that certainly is one of the themes we deal with with how. Uh, um, um, uh, mostly the female body has been this terrain on which um, a lot of anxieties and 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 problems and crises are reflected. And some anger, I would and, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And why does this particularly show in this country? Or is it just that you, as a curator, have pulled something out that would apply to fashion in many countries like America or England no. or whatever? Why we we um, we decided uh, um, uh, to bring an exhibition to open to reopen the museum that deals with the current state of fashion and that gives like a historical context for the 
the the the different transitions and 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 um, um, uh, crisis we we have encountered and that all had an impact on fashion and on how fashion as an industry changed and on on why the role of the designer changed and I think the the, the exhibition also asks them her questions and eh? what is the role of, of creativity what is the role of what we how the authorship in fashion change um, um, what about collaboration what about sustainability and I think today these are, are, are relevant discussions to bring as a museum. We don't have the answers. We, we, we ask the questions and we bring some historical context. It's very strange, isn't it, to think that the part of your country, Belgium, um, you're talking about French-speaking people and very much French attitudes, even though one feels that they're in the decline, they're still very much in existence here. And then on the other side, and certainly the side that applies to this city, um, you're talking about a whole different... Um, character is there a, not exactly a fight but is there a feeling of two things clashing together is that where a lot of the creativity comes from Ooh, i i i don't know i wouldn't say i i wouldn't say that i i it's always very hard to look back um or to to reflect on your own country and your own identity but i think that belgium is a is a um a country that always struggles with its identity because we we are we are a young country we were established belgium was established in 1830 before that we were conquered by the french by the spanish we we had so many influence which i think um made our culture very rich but which also made us as a people quite insecure and and i think we we less have this sort of national pride if you compare it to the UK or even even uh, our neighbors uh, um, in in Holland there there is there's this sense of national pride which is is uh, i think less alive in Belgium and is is uh, it's just more more complex we have a uh, um we are complex country we way too much governments we have uh, three official languages um but it it makes it complex, but also I think it it enriches us because it also has this layeredness, these different these di different aspects. It's uh, and it makes also that we are I think quite open to other cultures, to other influences, maybe less protective of of what you know one 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 believes or wants to believe is is one's identity, because I think identities are never fixed, are always in 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 transition. You're really dedicated to the whole idea of making fashion, making the past in fashion seem relevant. Mm -hmm. And would you say that's a good suggestion? And haven't you been 20 years doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started 20 years ago in the museum at the time when Linda Lopa was um, director. She she was my mentor for, for eight years and I took over from her in 2008 or 2009. Um, and since then I've been... Um, um, working on the exhibitions, I've been uh, managing the museum, and it's it's I think the the fashion curation it's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing search and an ongoing experiment because I believe that there are so many ways to curate fashion and we have as fashion museums we have to keep on experimenting with how to curate um, fashion in a relevant way. 
Um, I'm going to ask you something that's not very nice when I say it, but is there a problem between what people expect to see in a fashion show, even in your ones that are always very imaginative, but um, is there an element of people who want to see a pretty dress and then find themselves coming and seeing something that's much harder and tougher, these things that you're putting up now, mm -hmm. really make people think and make people even almost scared of mm -hmm. fashion, perhaps? Mm -hmm. No, but I think we, we, we also show, let's say, beautiful clothes although I must say that what, what, what the just notion of beauty is such a subjective notion what, what is beautiful for me is not beautiful for someone else and just that question in itself is already an interesting one I think to trigger people just to question what, what, what do you find beautiful and why do you find it beautiful and does someone living in another culture in another country finds that beautiful um, um, so, uh, we, we try to, 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 uh, bring many different, um, exhibitions and, 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 and that's why we also did delays. We do emotion there, there, there's, I think some, something for everybody, um, in it that can trigger them and hopefully also triggers them to think about things that they maybe thought, uh, were not for them. Dare I say something? Mm -hmm. Don't you think that... Being pretty or beautiful is now right out of fashion when it comes to fashion. Mm, I don't know. I don't know because I think, of course, what we we focus here in the museum on on avant-garde fashion, and and we have to be aware that that is not that we do not for hundred percent reflect what's on the street, what people are wearing in the street. It's it's a niche of fashion that we collect and it, it, it makes our contemporary collection also very different from our historic collection. We know from our 18th and 19th century collection that it, it reflects how um, the bourgeoisie was, was dressed in Antwerp, not sort of the, the lower classes, the bourgeoisie. Uh, but if, if we um, uh, look at our contemporary collection, it, it doesn't reflect how people in Antwerp are dressed, a, a niche of, 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 of people wear avant-garde um, um, fashion. So it's certainly something you have to think about when you, when you collect fashion. What do you collect? You cannot, it's impossible to, to collect everything. You have to, collecting is all about making choices. And also fashion changed. Uh, fashion, um, the 70s, we, we had besides um, um, haute couture, we suddenly had the, the prêt-à-porter. Now you have the fast fashion. You have so many different segments and it's, fashion just goes too fast. You cannot collect everything. We, we do not collect fast fashion. And sometimes I wonder, probably in 50 years, it will be, it will be interesting to, to, to document that segment of fashion. Although maybe we're not really happy with fast fashion. But it has such a huge impact on our society. But the question is how, how to document, because it's huge. It changes every week, every couple of weeks there are new collections. It's not only about the collections, it's about imagery, it's about marketing, about the communication. So there, there certainly are challenges for fashion museums. <laughs> A lot of 
the clothes that I've seen in these exhibitions, mm -hmm. several exhibitions yeah. that we're looking at, yeah. um, a lot of them have got a message, and a message that's mm -hmm. drawn on the front of it, words that actually come out, as though the designer was saying, it's not enough that I just show you the clothes, here's the message, look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it am I right? Um, yes, I would not say that the majority of, of these clothes have sort of messages and, and slogans or prints, but there are certainly um, um, designers that are, do not shy away of, of, of slogans. Um, someone who, for example, often works and, and we are, he's, it's quite act activist in his work is Walter van Berendonck. With a lot of and often it's 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 also wordplay and and uh, uh, words slogans. Uh, I remember uh, the 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 work he made in the nineties. His sort of um, uh, slogans um, um, calling for for safe sex, um, uh, uh, making people sensible for the HIV crisis. Um, that was very typical for Walter's work of the nineties. So. So yes, and that is also how some designers respond to certain um, um, crises, be it a health crisis or an ecological or a political crisis in, 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 in society. Do you think there will ever be another Antwerp 6, six people who change the face of fashion? Never say never, but I don't think it, it will happen again in the same way. I think fashion, the world changed and fashion changed too much. If you If you look at how the different generations of, of Antwerp designers evolved. The first generation of the Antwerp Six, they graduated early 80s and they started their businesses. Uh, they went. To, they, they showed their first collections end of the 80s. So that's a decade almost. They had a decade to grow, to become more professional, to learn. If you then look at the second generation that started with Ralph Simons mm -hmm. in 95, um, the designers after him, they were immediately launched on an international level. They were all super young. Think of Veronique Branchino, think of Jurgi Persons, think of uh, 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 A. van der Voorst. They all went immediately to Paris with professional shows. Um, they had suddenly companies that were growing. And I think, and we saw a lot of these brands also didn't survive. It... it uh, uh, I think it was not always healthy to to be um, uh, launched that quickly, and after uh, you know when in in um, uh, after the, the when new millennium um, um, started the the third generation, it became it became much more difficult to have suddenly a show in Paris today. It's almost impo impossible if you don't have an investor. It's not mm -hmm. possible to have a professional show in Paris. Uh, but maybe it's also a good thing to, 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 I hope that designers in the future will will have, you know, business models that allow them to, to grow, both in a creative way, but also in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a business way. Because if you grow too fast, it's, it's rarely healthy, I think. <laughs> You've got another show coming up, which is so very different. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about it. Well, it's uh, called Places, um, Looking Through Antwerp Place, and it's a show that focuses on um, the origins of um, lace as a, as a new luxury product um, in, um, that came up in the, in the 16th century. And we focus on the role that um, Antwerp as a city played, the important role that Antwerp as a city played within the creation and trade of um, lace. 
And we bring the exhibition not only in Antwerp, but also in four uh, venues that have a historical link to lace trade or lace production. Um, these are the uh, Plantain Moretus Museum, the, the family house of the printing um, um, family um, um, uh, of Christophe Plantain. Um, uh, not a lot of people know that his daughters started a lace um, business when they were very young. They were only 12 years, they did their own uh, bookkeeping, and they had a, a business that was actually quite lucrative um, and quite successful. So one of the, the sub-stories in, in this exhibition is the role that women and girls played not only in the, in the production of lace, but also in the commercial activities of the, the uh, international lace trade. Then we have um, the Charles Borromeo Church, a, church, uh, a, a beautiful um, Baroque church that has an amazing um, lace collection. We have the Maiden's House, which is a former um, orphanage, where, of course, the girls ha um, were uh, educated in, in um, uh, uh, lace uh, uh, production. And uh, we have the Snyder's and uh, Rockock's House. And we um, are established a dialogue with um, contemporary fashion creations, often highly technologi technological um, creations, that uh, work along the same concepts um, as laced, the aspect of transparency, um, um, negative versus positive. And I'm, I'm thinking, for example, of uh, um, technologies like uh, 3D printing or laser cutting, um, so we were really looking for visual parallels between the 16th century pieces and, um, and the contemporary uh, fashion. I so admire the way that you can put together in your head these very different aspects of fashion. <laughs> the um, modern ones, the um, tough ones, the beauty of the lace, and uh, congratulations, never stop. Uh, thank you, thank you, 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 you also, never stop, please. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>